welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meets, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host. I'm a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today I have Richard Bower with me, a beef and arable farmer from Staffordshire who has grand diversification plans for Lower Drayton Farm. We'll talk to him shortly. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation, meaning you can juggle the children, cook a tasty, nutritious meal. So today I have a very special guest with me. I've known Rich Bauer, or Farmer Richard, for many years through Young Farmers, the Farmers Club and the National Farmers Union. Richard is the third generation of the Bauer family, farming to rear crops and arable animals at Lower Drayton Farm in Penkridge, Staffordshire. Richard confesses to living and breathing agriculture, something we both share a passion for. He is an ambassador, a leader and an instigator for change. And I'm so pleased he has given up his time to talk about what he produces and the diversification projects at Lower Drayton Farm. Welcome, Richard. Hello. Wow, Millie. Thank you very much. And yeah, that's quite an introduction. So um, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Nice to join you today. Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for coming on. Tell me, what happens at Lower Drayton Farm? What do you do? Like you said in the introduction, primarily we're we're beef and cereal farmers. and We're very, very proud of produce that we produce on the farm and and all the other environmental work that we do on the farm. My grandparents bought the farm in the 1980s, and I always mention my grandparents because I'm very appreciative of of what they did before us. Um, But we've we've realised, like most farmers, we've had to diversify, basically. It's been a need to diversify, to to sweat our assets, to make sure that we can get through the the, the cycles that the economy is in, really, and, and, and agriculture can be in, in massive cycles because the weather affects what we do and, and global markets affect what we do. So, so, yes, first and foremost, we're food producers. We also produce some renewable energy on the farm because I think farmers have a great opportunity to produce renewable energy in different ways. And we produce them. Um, well, we've got solar panels and we've also produced biomethane gas through an anaerobic digester on the farm. We do a lot of environmental work as well, be that plant trees or have water, uh, stewardship margins or uh, for birds and bees. And, and then really, I like to talk about public engagement opportunities and lots of different farmers can engage with the public in different ways. And Millie, this podcast is a way that you're engaging with the public so they don't necessarily have to come to your farm. Our farm located in Staffordshire, just off the M6 motorway, is a fantastic location to open up what we've opened as a farm park to the public. So we've got a children's play barn with a farm park, really. Um, lots and lots of fun to be had on the farm, but a little bit of an education thing there as well. And a bit like we're going to talk about today is where your food comes from and what actually happens on the farm. So, so yeah, very, very diverse. The farm is definitely our personality. You'll, you'll find I jump around a bit and, and again, just keep keeps things interesting, really. Definitely. Well, I can't wait to come and um, bring the children myself. I know there's been an open invitation for quite some time, but obviously with COVID and one thing's and another, it's just been impossible. But um, I'm very much looking forward to coming myself. And um, also, I've seen so many reviews already from families that have already been and joined you and have got so much from it. And I think you've had people coming from far and wide, haven't you? We can't believe the feedback that we've had. I mean, if, if I talk specifically about the open farm, we've opened the public for about just over 10 years and it started with just a maize maze on the farm. Basically, that just organically grew into like a petting farm. Um, but we decided about 2016, about when the Brexit vote happens, that, uh, right, we're going to do this properly now because farming is going to change. And obviously the subsidies that farmers get was going to change. So we decided to go go for the full planning consent and, and, and do things properly. 
I mean, that took the best part of three years and then it took about two years to build what we've built and what we've built is a children's play barn and, and adventure, adventure farm as well. And then we launched it right in the middle of a pandemic as well. So we launched it last August. And luckily, we were able to open. I think we've opened for about five months of the last 12. Um, so yeah, it has been a challenging time, but the feedback that we've had when we have been open has been fantastic. That's amazing. And I know throughout the pandemic, you looked at different ways of encouraging people to still come along and try and obviously working with the restrictions and everything. Can you just sort of talk a little bit about how, how you manage that? Yeah, yeah, no, and I'll always admit, and I always say, when your back's against the wall, you innovate as well. And that's what a lot of businesses have done. I saw that lots of other open farms that couldn't close, they opened farm shops and things like that, because obviously food was a was an essential item and, and so they could stay open. Being honest with you, all our money was invested in this play barn, so I couldn't really afford to, to open anything too grand. Um, but we decided to open a drive-through burger bar at the farm uh, this spring. Uh, we'd already got the kitchen. We basically sell our own burgers from our own beef cattle on the farm. So really, really local food, really, really high welfare and, and fully traceable food as well. And that went down absolutely amazing. So we opened that for eight weeks during the latest lockdown in the spring 3,600 cars come through and buy burgers from us. So, uh, we sold it as a mini farm safari. So we parked all the farm machinery out in the car park. So people drove around the car park, stayed in the cars nice and safe, and then drove around the play barn, saw a few animals. And a bit like a large uh, fast food chain that you know, they order at one window and then they collect it at the end window and, and then they enjoy their food. Funny thing is, some of our queues were actually over two hours long um, and people were fine. They were happy about that. But yeah, that those big uh, fast food chains, they made it look really, really easy. And it was, it was a learning curve for us, but it went really, down really, really well. And it really got our name out there as well. Lots of people who said they hadn't been to see us before. Um, and then finally, we didn't charge actually to do the safari. We only charged for the food. And everyone was saying, well, why aren't you charging for this? Thank you very much for doing it. And we were like, no, well, thank you very much for coming. But the one thing we did do, we're, we're raising money for Birmingham Children's Hospital this year. That's our, that's our chosen charity. And I think we raised towards £5,000 for Birmingham Children's Hospital. Wow, so that went down really, really well. Fantastic. Oh, well, good for you. That sounds like a brilliant, brilliant opportunity there and something that meant that you could still obviously trade as a business, but obviously a few stumbling blocks and obviously but overcome that really, which is fantastic. And, you know, what you've got obviously got lots going on. What do you enjoy the most? Is there something on the farm that you enjoy working with the most or doing or do you enjoy it all? I think looking at the bigger picture, and I spoke about my grandparents earlier, continuing the good work of what previous generations have done and, and hopefully create opportunities for future generations is what motivates us really. And, and if you come to the farm, you'll see my grandmother's name is up on the side of the one shed and it just basically gives a lot of motivation of, again, what, what they did. But no, I, th- I think so, so lucky to grow up on a farm with not lots of green open spaces, almost being in control of our own destiny, that the food that we produce, what we're in control of. But then, then sharing that with our customers, so there's nothing better than than the reviews that, that we get. Like I say, it's, it's all I, I could tell you that we've got a fantastic place, but it's no good me saying that. It's good that the customers say that as well. So, so that will continue as much as possible. Definitely. And how can people find out more? Yeah, I mean, social media is, is amazing nowadays. So yeah, I think our Facebook page has the most uh, traffic through it. And, and that's just Lower Drayton Farm. Um, but we've got a couple of websites. So yeah, lowerdraytonfarm.co.uk or even one that's called playatthefarm.co.uk. Um, so so yeah, but we're on Instagram, Twitter, all, all those different things. And I'll be honest, a lot of, if you send us a message on, on Facebook Messenger, it's actually you, the, me that usually replies to those messages as well. 
it's good to get is it 24 hours a day typical finger on the pulse um, but again it's nice to, nice to engage with customers definitely and also I think people always want quite an immediate response in this day and age don't they if they're planning something with their children they want to know if they're able to come out yeah and also that's really nice for you although at some point you're going to have to delegate because I think there's so many things going on that you're like superman you just here there and everywhere and um <laughs> I don't yeah. know how you do it really <laughs> yeah no no like I, I admit we do have a fantastic team behind the scenes yeah. I mean like we have a marketing team a freelance marketing team they help us behind the scenes yeah. I, I also say to my local farmers we're at a bit of an equilibrium at the moment my, my father's 69 years of age and he's farmer Ray um, but he's still young and he, he goes in all the play equipment and loves it as well and, and I'm in my mid-30s as well so we're at that age where we're probably still that where we're working really really well together in 10 years time we still want dad to be around but we want him to relax a little bit more and then personally I'll probably have more of a family as well so again I'll be looking up your menus of how to cook, <laughs> cook these meals really 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 quick for the family and whatever so so yeah you just make, oh, make the most of every opportunity really definitely definitely you know that's a good motto in life uh, something that I uh, concur definitely Obviously, we talked a bit about food, about what you produce on the farm. Can you suggest a no-fest recipe that um, a busy parent could recreate using something that you produce? Yeah, no, absolutely, Millie. And uh, I was just thinking this weekend, we just had a lovely rump steak and it was our own Aberdeen Angus rump steak, actually. It doesn't take very long to, to, to cook a rump steak, just two minutes on either side, really. Mm. I, I like it as, as rare as, as possible. Um, a little bit of salt and pepper seasoning before you cook it and, and a nice hot pan of rapeseed oil in the pan. Yeah. Um, and then alongside that, really, we, we just like some salad with it as well. Mm. Yeah, some might, chips might be a bit of a treat. Um, but but yeah just some salad tomatoes cucumber mm. lettuce and, and yeah it goes down yeah. a treat for me to yeah. be honest so, yeah, oh, love happy it. days happy days and if I was to ask well I do I ask everyone this are there any other family friendly places that you visit or eat out at that you would recommend yeah 100% the reason we built our play our farm and, and been so successful with with it is I'll be honest, we're part of a network called National Farm Attractions Network. And there's over, over 200 farms around the UK that have done this. Mm. And we all share a network and share our ideas and whatever, because essentially our farm in Staffordshire isn't in competition with a farm in Hertfordshire or Herefordshire or, or wherever else in the UK. We've all got the same ambition to get to get people out onto the farm as much as possible, very similar yeah. to this podcast. So for me, there's very, another very good farm in Staffordshire called the National Forest Adventure Farm. And, and I think that's one of the top five in the country. Um, if you're up in Yorkshire, I'd say Cannon Hall Farm up in Yorkshire. That's fantastic. And, and you might see those guys on the TV as yeah, well. Yeah, they're quite um, popular, aren't they, on Channel oh, 5? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant guys. And then, like I said, down near London, Hertfordshire, there's Willows Activity Farm as well. So maybe just go on the NAFAN website as well and you'll see all the members listed on there as well. Because, um, like I say, we're, we're all in this together. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, sort of coming up over the next couple of months, you've grown pumpkins and things in the past. Is that on the cards again this year? Yeah, and thank you very much for prompting me <laughs> about this as well. So, so yeah, we started planting Pick Your Own Pumpkins. This is the fifth year we've done Pick Your Own Pumpkins. Mm. Um, this year we've planted more than ever before. So we planted 12 acres of pumpkins, 80,000 seeds we planted. 
and we'll be open every weekend in October and then all the way for the second two weeks of October to come and pick your own pumpkins on the farm. And, and it's amazing how, how popular it is. Everybody loves to be able to pick their own pumpkin. It's all part of the, a fantastic experience as well. But then we'll sell like pumpkin soup as well when you're there and, and, and all different things. So yes, look out for that. We'll be launching tickets for that later this month, basically. And it also links into a Best of British theme that we've got going on on the farm this year as well. So we had a Best of British Maze Maze, which was the shape of a Union Jag all summer. And then also this month, we've got Pick Your Own Potatoes on the farm. We've got Pick Your Own Sweet Corn on the farm as well. So again, it all links in with supporting great British produce and and, and harvest time on the farm. Brilliant. So will there be 80,000 pumpkins uh, ready to pick? There might be a few more, to be honest, because some of the plants <laughs> produce more. But but yeah, the, the reason we plant that many, you never know what the weather's going to do. So, so mm. we plant them in May because they need five months to grow. Yes, some years they ripen too early, some years they don't ripen, they're green. So again, it's, it's just your average at the moment. But but yeah, we, we probably budget on about half of that amount. We'll have customers out through the door, fingers crossed. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, well, good luck. I really, really hope you get lots of visiting customers that enjoy uh, all the facilities that you have a Lower Drayton Farm. I've been speaking to Rich Bauer of Lower Drayton Farm. Um, thank you, Richard. Just stay on a minute because I'm just going to talk to you about a few things, see if, if I can wet your taste buds um, with a few of my time-saving hacks. Who loves pizza? Me. <laughs> and me. As do, do my children. I often jazz up short, shop-bought pizzas Now, when I have more time, I get the kids involved making a pizza base, tomato passata and a choice of toppings. I also do cheat. When I'm time poor, I try and jazz up a shop-bought pizza. At the moment in season, um, there's tomatoes aplenty in my greenhouse, as well as basil. And so I like to get a prepared frozen pizza, tomato, basil and a dollop of fresh mozzarella cook for 20 minutes and serve with a salad it's always a winner in my house how does that sound rich sounds fantastic what time can i come around and have some (laughs) excellent what's your favorite topping on pizza i I quite like like you you said i like to add add a bit of basil and whatever but i love a hawaiian pizza to be honest Uh, i like the ham, ham and pineapple excellent oh brilliant oh well that's all we've got time for today anyway and um, thank you again to my special guest rich bauer keep up the good work tune in next month for another episode of the countryside kitchen meets we'll be talking about love british food fortnight and what the campaign stands for bye, bye.